Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Edge of Patel show. We are on episode 12. My name is Edge Patel. And before we get any further, I would like to give a special birthday shout out since this episode actually releases on the day of to my very special sister, Rena Patel. She is turning 34 years old today. Um, if you're watching this, hopefully you are. Happy birthday. I still haven't gotten a gift. I, I feel like I've just gotten bad at gifts overall, not even just birthdays, but wedding presents, uh, the you know special holidays for culture such as Bai Beach, Raksha Bandhan. It's just become this downhill spiral. I've gotten worse and worse year after year. And what sucks is like, I have to ask, right? I have to be like, hey, what do you want for your birthday? And normally I used to pride myself in being like, oh, you know what? I know exactly what they want. I know exactly what they talked about in that one conversation we had six months ago and they still haven't gotten the new pair of shoes, some jewelry, perfume, whatever it is. I used to be that observant. And now it's gotten to the point where I, I have two friends that turned 30 earlier this month, still haven't gotten them shit. I got to get my sister's gift. Now, Bai Beej is coming up. That's another Hindu, uh, maybe not specific to Hindu. That's another holiday that I got to give her a gift. Earlier this year, earlier this season, honestly, it was September. It was Raksha Bandhan. And I talked about that last time, right? You also have to get a gift for that. Gift giving in general. I, I'm on a tangent right now, but gift giving in general, it's gotten so tough. And especially because the threshold has risen, right? Like it used to be like, okay, you get a little $25 gift, you're good. $50 gift, all right. Now you're buying Apple watches. Now you're at the 300 threshold. Then you drop back down to some perfume. Then you go back up. I have no idea even how to calculate how to buy a gift anymore. I Wedding gifts, at least it's like, okay, is there a registry? All right, no. Okay, let me just give you some money. How much money? Um, well, I gave this friend $100 and I think I like you a little bit more Let's do 150. The registry is sometimes the way to go, especially if they have like that whole like, oh, this is a honeymoon fund. This is a new house fund. It's so easy. I feel like they should just have that for birthdays, even though it's kind of self-centered. Uh, it's like the same thing like when people used to wear that dollar bill on their shirt when they went to middle school for their birthday. It's just like, oh, perfect. You know, I have a way of acknowledging your birthday. Here you go. Our transaction is done. All that to say happy birthday and getting straight into it, into our first headline. We are in Lewiston. Let me look at the Lewiston, Maine. And I don't know if you guys have kept up with this, but there's a mass shooter on the loose. This guy's already killed 13, sorry, 18 people, injured 13 more. And what's wild is they, this guy's still at large. I'm recording this on Thursday. Uh, this release is on the 30th. But this guy is currently still at large. Hopefully by the time you guys are hearing this, he gets caught. The wild part about it is, well, you know, they have him on security footage holding like a full on assault rifle. First of all, how the hell do you get that shit? I know it's pretty common because that's what you normally see in these mass shootings. Oh, OK. So here it shows like that AR is used for hunting wildlife mainly. So there's probably some type of way of getting it easier than other guns. And also, let me find the name for you guys. Robert Card is the suspect of the shootings. And there's, like I said, they're still trying to find him. Walked in there with an assault rifle. And I think he hit two different spots. And now he's once again, still at large. Now I found this article, though well, I found this story interesting because, well, firstly, the mass shooter aspect of everything is just too common now. In this one, they had a reference point where they said his sister actually reported him 
having occasions of hearing voices. So it was documented that this guy was hearing voices and then they put him in this mental hospital. And then what happens from there? And I don't know how common it is to, you know, see patients like that, but it's so wild to me when sometimes they flag certain people and then there's no way of double checking them before they can get their hands on like an assault rifle. And this shit sucks. I know once again, it's supposed to be a comedy podcast, but I want to cover the bad shit along with the good shit. And this is just wild. Hopefully they catch him by the time this episode comes out. Um, but let's just move on from that. On to my favorite subject. As always, Hassan Minaj is back, baby. He released a video earlier today as I'm recording this, and he basically just titled it My Response to the New Yorker article. If you don't know, what happened was is the New Yorker was writing an article about him, um, and they went to fact check a lot of his jokes from com previous comedy specials, and they couldn't validate a lot of things. In addition to that, they started finding out that a lot of these were kind of just fibbed jokes. A lot of jokes were made up. A lot of them had added material that wasn't true, racism that was exaggerated. And so then a lot of people, except for me, started having a lot more of this kind of like backlash towards him where it's like, oh, this dude's been lying to us all this time. You know, we had so much faith in this guy. We trusted this guy. We loved seeing him on TV, Patriot Act, all that stuff. Oh, he's moving the culture forward. But now we know he's a liar. So he had so much backlash from that and even admitted to in his creative process where he would write jokes 70% true and then 30% of it would be more of a hyperbole, right? So adding some type of exaggeration, adding some type of detail that would help sell the story. So now we fast forward to today where the video comes out as his official quote unquote apology. This is very familiar of like the Will Smith one that kind of came out where Will Smith, after the whole Chris Rock incident, he sat there very somberly. Oh, you know, like I'm, I regret my actions. He didn't deserve that. I apologize. I hope he can come to terms and uh, accept my apology. This was kind of Hasan Minaj's thing. But instead of for apologizing to a certain person, he was apologizing to the masses. Now, once again, do I like Hasan Minaj? Not that much, but just because he's doing better than me. The dude is good. I think he's a good person. And more important than that is he helps make brown people much more normal and standardized standardized in the public eye. So for people like myself that want to get into some type of entertainment show business, people are less jaded to it because they have seen works of Hasan Minaj, along with a lot of other people, I understand. But he has been a very prominent figure in all of it. So do I like him? Yeah, I do. For the culture, for myself, 100%. Do I like that he's doing better than me? At the same time, no. Both can be true. But in reference to this video, man, it was, in my opinion, not a great one. Let's start with the timing of it, right? I think what sucks is, you know, during all of this Palestine-Israel conflict, he wants to have a say on the matter, right? He wants to give a public opinion and... A lot of his followers are probably looking for that. Hey, you know, like, what is what are his thoughts on this? You know, we've we know he's a pretty cultured guy. He stays in tune with a lot of things that are happening just beyond surface level of social media. Right. He sees more of the things like politics, uh, relationships amongst governments and how things work in general. So, hey, where's your response? But in addition to that, you can't really give a response when everyone thinks you're a, 
a liar. And that's kind of what he's addressing in this video. But the issue is, is in this video, he goes about things a little strange. He kind of starts talking about the New Yorker fibbing stories themselves. Fibbing being just adding details that aren't really there, kind of fluffing up stories, right? And isn't that funny? Because the same thing that they accused him of doing, in this video, he accuses them of doing. And so for me, in my opinion, it would have just been better to say sorry, walk off stage, give it a month, or sorry, walk off the video, give it a month, and then you're back. Look at Will Smith. He's all over the place now. No one really cares about what happened a couple months ago. Do they make jokes about it? Yeah, but once they start making jokes about it, you're good. That means people have accepted it, moved on, and you're back on the road. But if in Will Smith's apology, he was like, well, you know what? Chris Rock shouldn't have done that, and he was wrong, and I was right. Yo, that's not really an apology, my guy. But look what he did instead, and it worked out. This Hassan response, he does apologize in the video to all the people. He does say, hey, look, I'm sorry that I let you down. I did this. I did that. But in addition to it, he starts accusing the New Yorker of adding those details like we just talked about. So the timing was a bit strange because it's like, hey, man, you could have apologized earlier. But now that you had this kind of you felt you finally felt the restriction, right? You wanted to say something about this issue that was going on overseas. But you know what's happened to your stance. So now you have to form this apology, get people behind you as far as uh, getting receipts, right? Showing threads that, oh, well, the things I was actually saying wasn't that false. And look, I did this, 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 this. And so now you guys can trust me. So the timing is strange, but I do get it. Going forward, will I be more thoughtful about sticking to the facts in my storytelling? Absolutely. I have no problem with honest, good faith critique because I'm always trying to improve as a performer and as a person. Look, the guy in this article is a proper fucking psycho. But I now hope you feel like the real me is not him. I'm just a guy with IBS and low sperm motility. So the apology is decent. It's good. It'll be good enough that people will forget about this in a month, right? He'll be able to come out with a new show. He'll be able to do another stand-up special. He'll be able to show up on The Daily Show or whatever he wants to. And sure, there'll be some jabs thrown, but he'll be back in the public eye. The one thing I found funny was, um, you know, in the apology, he starts explaining, well, you know, this is why I did this. I wanted to, I wanted to create the tension so I can create the release. Because without the tension, there is no release. A little strange choice of words, but I do get it, right? You do have to create. And we talked about this last, whatever episode it was that we talked about this, where it's like, you have to create an emotion, get that roller coaster started, and then get people to laugh. Let them die out, and then do it again and again and again. That's comedy. But in this one where it's like, okay, well, you were clearly just selling jokes on, oh, yeah, you know, the world has been so racist to me. And now look, I get it, right? Also, as an Indian person growing up, plenty of racism. Some of it was good. Some of it was bad. I was in school, 9-11 era. You think those jokes didn't come? You think in the locker room when I'd show up, people wouldn't call me Os Osama bin Laden? All these terrorist jokes, hey, bro, like, why, why your people crash into the towers? Oh, that shit was ruthless. When you get on a plane, people are like, oh, shit. 
Not me so much because I didn't even have any facial hair, but my dad, old boy, I don't want to sit next to this dude. We've had the racism. Even anything you did Indian growing up in, I guess for my generation, was so embarrassing, right? Like, let's say your parents come pick you up and they speak Gujarati to you. You get so embarrassed because it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want, I don't want people to start thinking I'm weird. I don't want people to start thinking like I'm, I'm, I'm not the same as them. USA, USA, no, no, please accept me. But now look, kids growing up now, bro, got it easy. Everyone's doing yoga. Everyone loves turmeric. And now you even see all these celebrities wearing Indian outfits. This shit is so, so accepted now. It's normal. Look at when people go to Coachella and shit. Half the shit they're wearing is Indian attire, whether it's headpieces, uh, other type of jewelry, the garments. The inspiration is everywhere. It'll get to the point where at American weddings, you'll start seeing people wear Indian clothes. We're everywhere, man. But that's just a nice luxury. So looking at what Hassan did, for me, it doesn't make sense 100%. Like, why did you add certain details? Why did you have to kind of exaggerate what happened to you? Because you probably have plenty of stories. You didn't have to add the two other layers to get the joke across. So overall, I rate the apology video a 5 out of 10. It wasn't great, but he still did apologize, so now he can move on. You got to get that one apology video out of the way. No matter what you do, you got to post one video. An Instagram post or a video. Then you're good. I've been drinking a lot more wine recently. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's just like the ease of access, right? You just open a bottle, pour it into a glass, you're done. Versus like cocktails, you have to get this, get that, squeeze a lime, cut a lime, then squeeze a lime, then shake it up. So much work. Beer, you end up bloated, all that stuff. But this is pretty good. On to our next story, which I found pretty comical and just funny overall because of what it is. Quote from CNN Business, more than three dozen states are suing the parent company of Instagram and Facebook over fears that its platform's addictive features are harming teens' mental health. In a federal lawsuit filed in California, 33 attorneys, whatever. There's a lot of states agreeing on this shit. California, I guess, being one of them. And then a bunch of other states piling on that. Now, this story was pretty wild, right? Because they get accused of making their app so addicting. And they know, like, okay, this will have an impact on young people's mental health. And look, I get that. People are savages on the internet. It's not a safe space. It never has been. Never will be. You go post anything. Just look at the comments. Go to my page. Go to some of the shorts and look at those comments. That shit is hilarious. Don't you dare talk about Drake. Boy, people will lose their mind. What the objective is, is I'm still unsure of. You know, like, is it a matter of do they want to get rid of Instagram? Do they want them to dial back on features? Do they want them to get rid of certain things on the app so then people are less addicted to it? But in addition to that, it's like, if you're meta, and you're trying to meet sales numbers and you're trying to you know maximize profits you want people to be on that app as much time as possible why would you remove anything unless anything actually happens here and in my opinion it won't instagram is not changing it's almost hard to measure right it's almost hard it's hard to measure like oh how much impact did instagram have on someone's mental health did it make this person depressed did it make them happier did it whatever it was I did see some studies that in the big picture of things, when they looked at the correlation between Instagram usage and mental health decay or improvement, there was no correlation. So I think that is what's going to eventually get pulled out to be like, 
hey, look, there's nothing here. We can carry on. Everyone go their separate ways. Remember when they were kind of accused of pushing fake news and pushing more hate articles to incite more engagement online? And now they have this. But once again, I don't think anything's going to happen. Because how do you, how, where, where do you stop? Where do you even start, actually? Look, Instagram's addicting. Drugs are addicting. Alcohol's addicting. At what point is it like, okay, we'll, we'll limit it like this. If, if they're going to ban Instagram for the generation below me, or I guess my generation as well, they should ban Facebook for my parents. They should ban Facebook for all people above the age of 40. Because that is the same thing. How many times have your parents seen something on Facebook and be like, oh my gosh, this is so wrong in the world. And it's like, that's not even true. You're addicted to that thing. You used to sit here and watch the news in the morning. Now you just scroll on Facebook, watch. That's what happens. And now for the first time, we're actually going to talk about sports. I want to continue to talk about sports week to week, but I will probably have a separate platform for that. So I don't bore people within the episodes that are watching it currently that are not interested in sports. I know I don't talk about every topic that interests people, but I know sports is a little bit more of a divisive sub divisive, whatever, a subject that divides people. So if you are a sports fan, we'll have full clips much later on, uh, still working all of that out, but let's get into some sports right now. Last night, I watched the Dallas Mavericks go against the San Antonio Spurs. Now, when I first turned this thing on, the phenomenon of this game, firstly, I'm a huge Dallas Mavericks fan. I wanted to watch the game. In addition to that, there's this 19-year-old monster in the league now. You guys may have heard of him. His name is Victor Wembenyama, 19-year-old French dude from overseas. That is seven foot four. Seven four. I haven't verified it, but I think he's seven four. Lanky as hell, but can move like a freaking ballerina. And the dude is terrifying, right? Like, you could just throw the ball in the air. He can grab it, dunk that bitch on your head. And you can't do shit about it. So I wanted to watch this game to see him in addition to the Dallas Mavericks. Luckily, we did win. I am still confused at how that game was even close. I get it. They have that monster on that team, but he didn't even do that good. And the game was still relatively close. Personally, do I think... The Mavericks are going to go very far with the squad that we have right now. <sighs> I'm sad to say I don't think so. I will be happy with at least a playoff entrance. Hopefully we don't tank like last year. But the team just still doesn't make sense to me. With the kyrie Luca combo, a lot of people that aren't the best three-point shooters. And in addition to all of that, we just don't have like a center. I saw the rookie that we had was doing pretty good, but who's going to guard Jokic, right? Who's going to guard uh, Embiid, Giannis, all the big boys, AD. Speaking of, I also watched that game. The Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets absolutely spanked the Lakers. It's sad that LeBron is in year 21, scratching 40 years old, and he's still probably the best player on that team. That team just doesn't, it also doesn't make sense. And you're not going to beat the champions, right? You're not going to beat the team that just swept you six months ago. Jokic is a monster. That dude just wakes up, puts on the jersey, and busts everyone's ass. Do I think they have a legit chance to win it again? A hundred percent. That team was very, very deep last year, but I still think they have enough depth, have enough depth to get them far enough this year too. 
And lastly, I watched the Golden State Warriors go against the Phoenix Suns. Watching Chris Paul is a little bit tough for me. I don't really like him on this team. It's pretty fun to see a guy that just knows the game so well play alongside Steph Curry, who's probably still the best point guard in the league. But they end up losing to Devin Booker and the Suns, and that is without Bradley Beal even playing. Kevin Durant did his thing. The most impressive part for me was how Nurkic did. Um, but once again, I'm excited for sports all, all together. The Golden State Warriors, definitely a team I want to see. The Lakers, a team I definitely want to see while I'm here. And then lastly, let's go Mavs. And now for my last bit, I am actually a huge Chris Brown fan. I don't know if I've said that on the podcast. Probably haven't for a certain reason that a lot of you guys know. I'm a huge fan. I know a lot of people frown upon that where it's like, ah, well, you know, you shouldn't like him because of this and this. And for me, it's like, well, Rihanna isn't mad at him. Okay, look, I'm I'm joking, but I do really love his music and just him as an artist in general. With that being said, he's coming out with an album this November on the 11th. So 11-11, a little bit corny, but whatever. And he chose that date because this is his 11th album coming out. So this is his 11th album coming out. And I'm excited just because it's like the Drake album didn't really, you know, get that itch. So hopefully this one does. And over the years, I've been a massive fan of almost every album, maybe two misses out of the 10, maybe three. But overall, I have enjoyed all of them very extensively on the channel. In addition to the sports videos, I plan on doing a countdown almost uh, 10 days till Chris Brown album. Now, look, I know that's cheesy on my part, but I thought it'd be a fun idea and I'm trying to go with it. So for the 10 days, it's not like we're just counting down. Ooh, 10, 9, 8. I'm actually going to go through and rank all of his albums from, hey, I think this one's the worst one on day one. So November 1st, we'll talk about that one all the way until, uh, all the way until, hey, now we're on the 10th. I think this is his best album. And then on the 11th, get the new album, listen to it, talk about it on the episode, and we're back. So just like I said for the sports videos, stay tuned on the channel for that additional content. I'll probably also make it into, you know, shorts feed. Check it out on TikTok, Instagram. We've been popping on the YouTube shorts, so I appreciate all the support that you guys have been giving there. Keep commenting, keep hating it, keep liking it, keep disliking it, keep engaging. It's more fun. I'm loving it, and I am super appreciative of it for everyone that's listening. With that being said, my name has been Ajay Patel, and goodbye.